This is the Blue Jay Hunter podcast, episode number 23. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Ian Hunter. And this week, the Blue Jays' perennial search for 500 continues as Blue Jays were 0-9 in their attempts to hit 500. And maybe later this week, uh, there's a possibility they could hit 500 uh, in their 10th attempt. Uh, We shall see what happens. Also coming up on this week's episode, we'll talk about uh, Roberto Suna and his decision to come forward and talk about his mental health issues. Uh, Justin Smoke could be the starting first baseman for the AL All-Star team. And uh, also about the Blue Jays, their uh, brand new lineup uh, was unveiled last week and the results so far have been pretty good. Uh, so does that mean Jose Bautista is the the new uh, leadoff man moving forward? Uh, we'll touch on that as well. So just a reminder, uh, if you want to listen to the Blue Jay Hunter podcast, you can always catch it on iTunes through Stitcher, also available on Google Play Music and through SoundCloud. Or if you prefer, you can punch in the RSS feed and get the episode as soon as it's released. So uh, to lead off, I guess... You know, we'll talk about the Blue Jays' uh, strive for 500, and I wrote about this last week, about how, you know, all at the same time, it's important, but it isn't important. It is just a number. 500 is just a number, but it's that one mountain the club just has not been able to climb for whatever reason this year. And the 0-9 on attempts to get there, I think that's really fluky. I, you think by now the Jays would have fluked their way uh, to a win in one of those nine games, but um, I guess they they were outscored something like 75 to 25 or something like that in those games. I, I don't even know how to explain that. There's no rational explanation or logic behind it. It's just weird. Um, but the fact that all this is happening... The Jays are struggling to get to 500. They were 11 games under at one point. The fact that they've made up this much ground, and they're still in the conversation. I mean, they're still, you know, within two, three games of a playoff spot right now. It's pretty remarkable. I mean, outside of your division leaders um, and whoever's in second place in the AL East, either the Yankees or the Red Sox, it's pretty wide open. I mean, there's they're outside of Cleveland, uh, maybe Minnesota. I, I really don't think so. But and the Astros in the West. I mean that that wild one of those wild card spots is there for the Jays to take, or at least you know be very close to it, which is kind of a godsend because I mean you look at the NL and um, the the gap that's developing there. Uh, just the fact that teams are already so far out of it. Um, I mean, it's just like you look at the NL West and all those teams have basically got a stranglehold on those playoff positions, which is, I mean, no, who foresaw that? So, I mean, this is this stretch here leading up to the All-Star break. It's, the, it's a big litmus test for the Blue Jays. We're going to see if they're legit. Uh, so there's three divisional matchups and then four against the Astros which I mean at the beginning of the season you who foresaw that 
the Astros were going to be this dominant, but I mean, that is, if ever there was a litmus test, if, if ever there was a sign to wonder whether the Blue Jays are playoff worthy, this two week span is it. Uh, if they falter, not only is it against those teams they need to make up or need to make up ground on, but it's also the Jays are running out of time and they're leading in. It's leading into the all-star break and leading into the trade deadline. And suddenly it changes a lot of the conversation about whether they're buyers, whether they're sellers or whether they just stand pat. So this two week stretch, um, you know, and I, not to be hyperbolic about it, but it's going to, I think it will determine the fate of the blue Jays season right here. And, um, if they if they falter, like I said, maybe I don't know if they rebuild and tear it down. But you know, there there's a few guys who they could probably move. Um, on the other side, they're also if the Jays perform well, maybe they suddenly become buyers. Maybe they make a few tweaks. Maybe they pick up a reliever or two. Uh, perhaps an outfielder. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, so also in the news, you know, Roberto Osuna, he came out on Friday night after he was unavailable uh, for that game in which the Blue Jays' bullpen coughed up a 4-1 to lead going into the ninth. Um, Osuna later came out and said he was basically dealing with uh, mental health issues. He was feeling anxious and he wasn't, he was feeling lost. I mean, it's uh, it's more commonplace in society today to hear about it, but you don't really often hear about it in professional sports, which is a, a positive sign, I feel like. The, the fact that he, Roberto, was willing to go to the media, and although he's, he spoke through the translator, he still came out and admitted that he wasn't, he wasn't all there for that game and that he approached the coaching staff and the team and i i can't i can't commend him enough for doing what he did and um i wrote about this at bluejayhunter.com but i mean he's he may not have intended for it to happen this way but i think a lot of people kind of look to him and now he is like a beacon of hope for mental health People can look to him for inspiration. Maybe they are feeling the same way that Roberto is. And, you know, sometimes we, as a society, you need to see someone else experience something before you realize, okay, well, it's okay that I'm allowed to feel that way. It's not, I'm not alone. I'm not isolated. And maybe someone saw or heard what Roberto Osuna did and they decided I'm I'm going to speak to someone about how I'm feeling just you know talk to someone about it rather than internalize all these feelings I mean it's a tremendous thing that he did uh I can only wish him well and I hope I hope that he does get well it's irrelevant whether you know, this whole talk about whether he's going to be available day to day for the Blue Jays or whatnot. I mean, it's, I heard a lot of questions about that and it's, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just baseball. It's, it's just a game. It's, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It's in life. 
it's just a game. It's it's just a job for him. Uh, I mean, some people treat it like it's more than a job, but I mean, that's really what it is. It's That's how he makes his livelihood. And luckily, it sounded like Osuna talked about how baseball is a refuge for him. It's kind of a safe haven. He, When he gets to pitch, he doesn't feel anxious and he doesn't feel lost. It's when he's away from the field, when he starts feeling that way, which is a, a, a positive sign, a good thing to hear that he's he feels that he that's kind of a release for him. People understand, whoa, wait a second. Like, if it can happen to professional athletes, it can happen to anyone. And that, and that's true. It's a, a, Professional athletes are not immune to any of this, any kind of issues. It, it, it affects anyone. You know, pro athletes, I know we kind of put them on this pedestal and, and treat them like they're, like they're demigods and they make millions of dollars and nothing... Nothing can ever harm them. They're just, they're human beings. They, everyday issues affect them as well. But the the one positive thing out of all of this is maybe more people will come forward and share their stories as well. I don't know, maybe Osuna has like a teammate or someone in, who talks, also comes forward and says, yeah, that, that affected me as well. Or maybe it's another baseball player or another athlete or something. It just it opens up the dialogue where it may have been closed before. I mean, there's work to do, but what he did, I mean, it opened things up. I mean, we wouldn't be talking about mental health on this podcast if not for what Roberto Osuna did. So to shift gears a little bit, um, we'll also talk about the new look Blue Jays lineup. Jose Bautista in the leadoff spot now. Kevin Pillar is in the bottom part of the order. And ever since the... uh, the results have been pretty decent. I mean, uh, not only has Pilar been swinging the bat well, but Jose Bautista as well. And I really, I mean, initially I didn't think I would like Russell Martin in the number two spot at hitting ahead of Josh Donaldson, but I actually don't seem to mind it. Uh, just the fact that, you know, Martin's a pretty, uh, a pretty good on base guy this season, which makes a ton of sense. Um, to put ducks on the pond for Jose or for Josh Donaldson rather. And to have Jose Bautista, another high on base guy hitting ahead of him. And, you know, the Blue Jays two best hitters hitting three and four. I mean, it just seems to only make sense to me. Um, I don't know why the Blue Jays didn't do it sooner. There was kind of that watershed moment after that game last week where, you felt like a change needed to be made, and luckily the the Blue Jays did. I think John Gibbons was kind of giving, you know, Kevin Pillar every chance, every opportunity to succeed. And, I mean, Pillar did for a while, but it's, you know, the last six weeks have been not good for him at the plate. And it was time to make a change. And luckily the Blue Jays did, and I feel like they're – you know, they're missing a few uh, key guys. I mean, Devin Travis obviously would be the ideal prototypical leadoff hitter, but uh, with him out due to an injury, uh, Jose Bautista is probably the next most logical guy to, to leave in there. And unless he, you know, has catastrophic struggles, I feel like he's probably going to stay there. But it so far, so good for this new look lineup. And, uh, Changing gears, 
Justin Smoke. Uh, Blue Jays fans are smoking the vote. They are trying to uh, stuff the ballot box with Justin Smoke votes, and it, it appears to be working. I guess at last check, Justin Smoke sits number two in American League East balloting. I think he's something like 80,000 behind Eric Hosmer. And so voting closes on Thursday, I believe. It would not surprise me if uh, Smoke leapfrogs Eric Hosmer uh, one because Eric Hosmer is not good. Uh, And second of all, because, you know, the Blue Jays, anytime they kind of put out this uh, voting campaign, we saw a few years ago, Steve Delabar, he was a final vote player. Michael Saunders last year as well. When the Blue Jays put a, a campaign out, I mean, it's pretty much, it's backed by most of Canada and there's 30 million plus people to draw on. So it tends to, get a lot more votes than say if you're just doing it regionally down in the states i mean canada has a lot of people to draw from so it wouldn't shock me if uh, justin smoke ends up winning the ballot which it'll uh, we'll have to go into a, an in-depth post in itself uh, just wrap your head around this you're starting first baseman for the al all-star team justin smoke it's I can't even, even saying it sounds weird. Um, And if it does happen, I feel like I'm not going to believe it until I see it. But the more, Justin Smoke is just defying convention. And I don't know, I feel like he's not going to be the Michael Saunders of, of last year where Saunders just had this incredible first half and then fell off the map in the second half. I feel like Justin Smoke's, what he's done is probably more sustainable over the second half, but it doesn't, it's still, it doesn't cease to amaze me and impress me. And it makes me wonder, you know, the Jays are under 500 right now. How much further back would the Blue Jays be if not for these monumental contributions from Justin Smoke? It's, it's been remarkable to watch and uh, looking forward to, uh, Jays fans smoking the vote and hopefully getting Justin Smoke in there as the starting first baseman for the American League All-Star team. And lastly, uh, we'll touch on the trouble with Troy Tulowitzki, although on the weekend he actually had a um, hit some, uh, struck some well-hit balls to the outfield. Leading up until that point, uh, Tulo was kind of a talking point and Jonah Carey had a really great article over at Sportsnet, kind of uh, chronicling the what's happened to Tulo. I mean, his strikeouts are actually down, but his things like his exit velocity are down, uh, ground balls are way up, line drives are down, and his hard hit rate is down, soft contact is up, which is pretty concerning uh, given that the Jays still have him under contract for several more years at 20 plus million dollars um you know that's not a good way to have your your payroll tied up in a guy who suddenly can't hit i mean for for tulo's faults at the very least he's a still an elite defender although you know maybe his skills are eroding a little bit at shortstop, but I mean, the reason why 
the Blue Jays initially acquired Tulo uh, at the 2015 trade de- deadline was his offensive upside. The fact that not only was he one of the premier offensive shortstops in baseball, but one of the premier offensive hitters, period. And, you know, two years later, uh, the those expectations have gone down significantly. Now he's slowly, just like Kevin Pillar, tumbling down the lineup. And it's, I don't, I don't know what the remedy is. I mean, I, uh, I tweeted out on the weekend, when was the last time you saw a, a Troy Tulowitzki hit a barrel, a ball to the outfield? And lo and behold, he, he does it a few times on the weekend. But it's just something in the numbers didn't really explain anything. And it's just, to me, it was indicative of a guy who is getting older and a guy whose bat speed may be slowing down. That's That really is the scary part to me. If it were something like, you know, his, his he has a super high BABIP and, you know, he's just, he's, his exit velocity is still stellar. He's just keeps, he's getting extremely unlucky. Uh, that would probably help a lot of people sleep at night. But it's just the fact that it's, all these numbers are, you know, kind of scary for a guy who's he's a 32, 33-year-old shortstop. And I'm not saying that Tulo is done by any means, but basically at this point, uh, I, I believe with his career with the Blue Jays, for however long it is, whether it's another year, two, three, whatever, basically any offensive contribution you're getting from Tulo is a bonus. Uh, the defense is expected, and as the years progress, that's also going to erode as well. But for now, if you get any sort of offense whatsoever from Tulo, it, it's it's a it is a bonus. Yeah, the struggles of uh, Troy Tulowitzki they continue, although he is kind of showing signs of turning the corner. But I mean, I wouldn't expect him to be. Uh, a key contributor towards the Blue Jays' success in 2015. I feel like Kevin Pillar maybe is a is a guy with more upside and a guy who could be uh, a bigger contributor for the Blue Jays the remainder of this season uh, rather than Troy Tulowitzki. So a uh, bit of a shorter episode this week on the Blue Jay Hunter podcast. That's it. And we'll wrap things up here. I think we may be going on a uh, bit of a two-week break for the All-Star break. So not sure if we'll have uh, an episode next week. And probably won't for the week of the All-Star break. So just to kind of take a quick break. But I want to thank everyone for listening. And as always, you can grab the Blue Jay Hunter podcast over on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. Or you can listen on SoundCloud. Just search uh, Blue Jay Hunter Podcast and you'll always find the latest episodes there. If you ever have any questions, you can always feel free to email them in, uh, bluejayhunter at gmail.com. Or you can just uh, hit me up on Twitter at bluejayhunter or drop a, uh, drop a comment or question over on the Blue Jay Hunter Facebook page. That's it again for this episode. I'm your host, Ian Hunter, and we'll talk to you again soon.